Welcome to Soundings Mindful Media Podcast. I'm Dudley Evanson, and for more than four decades, my husband Dean Evanson and I have created music and media that supports healing people and the planet. In our Soundings Podcasts, we share interviews with wisdom keepers we have met in the course of our life journey. To learn more about our activities and releases, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. All right. Well, Hi. this is a lovely morning here in our little sun porch. I'm sitting here with Deanna Minnick, and we are getting to know each other. It's yes. been a lot of fun. So I'm really, really curious to know more about your program um, that involves color and healing and all the food aspects. So you're just the perfect person for us to talk with. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you for this kind invitation to your home, uh, which has such a loving, nurturing feel, and you made such a beautiful, colorful meal last night for us to share in, so thank you for that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is um, important for all of us to do with food is bring each other together through that experience of eating. And oftentimes within the whole field of nutrition, what happens is people start to separate themselves. They have certain diets, and so then they remove themselves from kind of the sharing experience of of that kind of collective need that we all have to eat. So one of the things as a scientist that I realize is that I need to somehow orient food into a more spiritual or artful, creative way. So I have three principles as it relates to food that I think can apply to most people. And the first one is what you already mentioned, which is color. You know, most people aren't eating a very colorful diet. You are. <laughs> but, but most people are eating brown, yellow, and white. And they don't have a lot of nutrients in those foods. They're, they tend to be more processed. So if we can track to color specifically and get our red colored foods, and red connects to inflammation in the body, really helping the immune system. And then orange, things like persimmons and mangoes and oranges and papayas and carrots and yams. Orange is the color of the reproductive tract, of um, helping us with hormones, hormone balance. So orange is important. Uh, yellow is another color where I, I do think we can bring in some of the healthy yellows. So the lemons and ginger and you made us uh, last night, we had some of your ginger tea. So bringing in even these colors through tea, it doesn't have to be through a, a food per se. It can be a beverage that has a lot of nutritional density. And tea happens to be one of those vehicles of a lot of nutrients. So yellow, yellow in the digestive tract. And then green in the heart. You're wearing this beautiful color green. And green is the color of healing and the color of health in general. It's the color of nature. And nature can be very healing. So bringing in a lot of the green vegetables, like leafy greens, cruciferous vegetables. And then I even talk about blue-green foods, things like sea plants. So green foods that grow in the blue ocean and how those blue-green foods are rich in different minerals to nourish our thyroid. You know, we need things like iodine and selenium. So much thyroid dysfunction these days with, um, and that's definitely on the rise. And then blue-purple which <laughs> you seem to like that color. I mean, it's, it's very prevalent in the Pacific Northwest where we both live. Uh, we see blue-purple in berries, in uh, different purple varieties of foods, like even purple carrots, purple broccoli. 
purple Brussels sprouts. Um, so we're fortunate to have those kinds of purple varieties. And blue-purple is the color of the brain. So purple is precious because it doesn't often occur. But what we find from blue-purple pigments is that they seem to be very protective for the brain. They help with mood and they help with cognition. So they help with brain health. So when I think of blue, like the bee in blue, or, you know, I, I think of the bee of brain to help people remember. And then I think of white, white and brown. You know, they're part of the spectrum too, but healthy uh, white and brown. You know, you and I were talking about coconut oil as a white. Uh, there's cauliflower, there's garlic. There can be many healthy whites. It doesn't have to be white sugar, white salt, white flour. And then brown, uh, things like whole grains, things that have bran coatings that add to our fiber in the diet. Things like cocoa, which you and I also have a fondness for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think um, eating the rainbow is something that kids can really bring in. Everybody throughout their life cycle, you know, we all can access that. It's a common denominator for all of us. So that, that's definitely the, the first principle. And I see you eating a lot of colors. So that must be something that you've been tuned into for some time. Well, I think for us, uh, it's been about eating fresh vegetables and fruits and, and even more vegetables than fruits. You know, we yeah. lived in Florida for a while and we ate a lot of fruit. But then we discovered, um, we developed a rash on our elbows and, oh. and knees. And what we realized, and somebody uh, informed us, and this was after going to a clinic and saying what's wrong with us and being tested they couldn't figure nobody asked us what we were eating well it turned out we were eating uh we were doing okay for a while because we were living behind an avocado grove and so we would eat a lot of avocados oh. and the red you know the grapefruits and oranges and things like that but then when the avocados went out of season we didn't have that protein and the, that healthy fat mm -hmm. so so then we ended up having um, this rash and it was we were overdoing mm. it with the fruits overdoing it with the ah. citrus overdoing it with raw foods even and so sure. we uh, this was uh, people you know this was in the 70s so we were yeah. self-educating we were mm -hmm. trying to understand because we were coming off of a um, American diet we were coming off of the I w won't say that my mother did TV dinners or anything but we, she did her fair share of chicken pot pies and things and yeah. frozen foods and stuff and so Dean and I had gotten so excited when we when we came into awareness about um, all the different aspects of food. In fact, we were in um, Boston once with it was we had gone there to follow some Indians, uh, Native Americans, and so we were learning about them. Now they were eating mm -hmm. uh, meat and, and drinking coffee and that kind of thing. But the other people we connected with was we had dropped a friend off at an ashram and they were eating milky, creamy, you know, yogurty ah, things. So uh -huh. it was a mother kind mm -hmm. of thing. Then we. Then we interviewed Michio Kushi, and that mm -hmm. was, of course, all about macrobiotics, mm -hmm. um, supposedly about eating foods in season and in the location, although obviously brown rice didn't grow in Boston. So, but those were the other one. And then the yeah. other person we met was Anne Wigmore, and yeah. you have mm -hmm. sure heard of her, and she was the woman who started the whole sprouting thing. If, you, if anybody grows sprouts, it's because of Anne Wigmore coming and showing people how to grow sprouts. Yeah. So her thing was raw foods and sprouts and wheatgrass and that kind of thing, and then but everybody's saying, eat this way, it'll heal you. Eat this way, it'll heal you. So we came back, our heads were spinning. We were okay. living in Woodstock at the time, and we came back home, and we're like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And so we kind of just got mm -hmm. to the point of really getting to uh, 
as close to the source as possible mm -hmm. and as close to organic as possible and so healthy you know vegetables and that kind of thing and whole grains and things like that so we that's how far we've gotten but what I'm really appreciating and hearing your ideas is the different aspects of food that help in different brain and body functions and organ function and that kind of thing and I think as we age those are really really important so we're excited yeah. to to learn more about it because we're you know, we're we're all just learning as this is a new thing because we'd kind of America, uh, the modern world had gotten away from the natural way people used to yeah. eat, which was close mm -hmm. to the earth. It mm -hmm. had to do with growing food in their own gardens and farms. But now, of course, it comes from somewhere else. So where does it come from? How does right. it get here? What's it gone through? What kind of processing has it had? So, you know, for us, eating whole, whole, close to the source, organic as possible. And frankly, I. I attribute my health to liking vegetables. The fact that I like vegetables <laughs> because I love vegetables, and I'm I'm grateful because some people who don't like vegetables it's much harder for them to find a good right. a good way to eat. That's true. At least you have that inclination to having them, so it's not a stretch. It's not like you have to find all these creative ways to just kind of get them in. Right, but just to be able to talk with someone like you, who is a scientist, a biologist, a study, you know, you you were on your way to becoming a doctor, but decided yeah. not to not for to. various reasons. Right, right. But the fact that you've been able to uh, come up with these. Um, kind of relationships between the, the foods and the, and the different parts of the body and what the body needs. So that's something we're real interested in. Oh, well, I, I'm so excited to, to talk about it with you and to share that with other people because I do think it's confusing. Everything that you said about all the different diets that are out there, it's, uh, and they all seem like they make sense as you study them, right? And it's like, well, of course, sprouts would be good. You know, it's living plant matter. And I think at the end of the day, what we're learning now um, is that everybody is different, right? And everybody has personalized needs. Everybody has different genes. Everybody has different susceptibilities. So I think as much as we can be in touch with our personalized needs, even on a day-to-day -day basis, we might need more protein one day and we just feel like we need that versus another day or another day we might need more. We might be drawn to green vegetables. I think whatever the case is, if we can work with a practitioner who understands this. This is one way to understand it a little bit more about the different tools that we have available now to understand how do we have a personalized relationship with food. But we don't have to be so in our head either. I do think we have to be in the art. And I'm talking to <laughs> a big artist uh, in our field, right? So you know this. I think we also need to embrace the art of eating. And there's a lot lost in the art of eating because people are thinking so much in numbers, like how many grams of fat do I need per day? How many milligrams of this vitamin? And it's not just of the head. There are a lot of questions to ask with food. It's the, the why, the when, the how, and with whom. You know, And all of those are questions of the art, the creativity aspect of eating, which is my second principle of food and, and really embracing that there's an intuitive process, that we need to listen to our bodies, that our bodies are constantly communicating with us and giving us that sense of what we need if we're there to listen.
Well, you talk about community too, and the ceremony of food and the um, blessing of the food. I think that's something Dean and I have done all of our lives. Is we just take a moment and we pause, and we we're, you know, we got used to that, and our kids even had to endure it <laughs> growing up. And we're out having a meal somewhere, and we got to hold hands and bless the food, you know. But but it it really, I think we so many uh, people just sort of dive into eating without acknowledging that yes. this is a blessing to even mm -hmm. have food. This food has been grown by somebody. It has been processed and taken care of and carried to your table by many uh, parties in between, yes. unless you're growing it in your garden. And then that even has its own story. So, you know, I just think that coming together, um, you mentioned tea. When I was in Japan, I studied mm -hmm. tea ceremony. And oh, yeah. it was so mm -hmm. inspiring to realize what a meditation yeah. uh, tea mm -hmm. ceremony mm -hmm. is. The first thing we learned to do was just kind of clean the cup a little, you know, with a rag or fold the rag, get the, the cloth to clean the cup. And then I remember coming home and washing my dishes and I was like spinning, you know, I was turning the dish pan. And I just felt like suddenly I had this more meditative mm -hmm. uh, uh, experience with the food, with the tea yeah. in that case. But I feel like it applies to food as well. And Absolutely. also sharing it with family and fr friends and that kind yeah. of thing. So. Yeah, I, I think that that's beautifully said, you know, tea ceremony, ritual, how we come together in that act of eating and how to make it more sacred and intentional. So um, I love what you, we even did it last night before we ate dinner, right? Holding hands. Um, in many traditions, they're saying grace or giving thanks. And, or even uh, sometimes I like to just have everybody just say an intention. What is our intention for this meal? How do we make it more intentional? And, you know, nothing is insignificant as it relates to anything that we do, say, feel, think. And so whatever we bring to that meal is adding to it, much like the ingredients that are in the meal itself. The feeling, the energy, the company, the intention, all of it is nourishment, adding to the nutrition for the body and taking the time to chew <laughs> you know i think the yeah. challenge with uh, people eating a meal and rushing off to work or school and grabbing you know a bowl of wheaties or whatever they do in the morning you know and thinking that they're having a nourishing breakfast but mm -hmm. but that feeling of rushing through it and then grabbing yeah. a quick bite of yeah. lunch and then coming home and watching a tv or you know whatever you do and so i think we've really lost that ceremonial aspect of of fine dining in, in terms of the sense of, bring, of bringing family and community together. Yes. I really like that. You know, fast food is fast living. Fast living means fast food. You know, how we eat is how we live, and how we live is how we eat, so that they're inseparable. And you can say so much about a person in their life based on how they're eating, what mm. they're eating, when they're eating, all of those different things. And much like you can say something about how they're eating based on how they're living, are they stressed because they might be eating stressed foods so it's again it's all interconnected how we eat is um, saying something about who we are as people which is why it's such a supercharged subject and people take very strong views on it because it becomes who you are it is your identity and to that point um, so color creativity my final principle with food for all people that i think again scientifically and spiritually they go together is that of diversity. You know, I was in Bellingham coming in uh, yesterday because I was giving a seminar, and as I was going through the the downtown area, I saw a big mural that said, "Diversity is our strength." 
Now I was thinking that's exactly what I would say as it relates to diverse foods. Variety is the spice of life. And we see that variety builds resilience in the body. So the more diverse we are with people, with situations, with events, with going with the flow, with taking a new way to work in the morning, with crossword puzzles, with different foods, getting out of our box, our food ruts, because so many people are in these very safe food ways of eating, right? Because we don't want to have to think about it. So I think that the more that we shake up all of those things, we bring in more spices. Yeah. I mean, we... It helps our gut microbiome. It diversifies our gut. When we diversify our gut, we diversify our brain. We diversify and help our heart. So diversity is a principle of nature. It's not my principle. It's just something that I brought into food more because I've just realized how people get really stuck in their lives. And many times that's reflected in ruts in their eating. Well, that makes a lot of sense, especially because uh, when you think about the different aspects of food, the minerals, the vitamins, the, the calories, the fats, the grams of this and the protein, they're all providing a different aspect to your, to your body. And so, but no one food is going to do it. Right. And so the idea of, of diversifying and having a variety of foods, then you're going to get the, na yeah. the natural balance of different things. So that makes so much sense. You're right. I mean, it, it actually is very intuitive. And there are even studies to show that people who have a more diverse diet, have a better nutritional status because they are getting exactly what you said, a whole array of vitamins, a whole array of minerals. Whereas if they're just doing one food all the time or just a few foods, it's been estimated that the average American gets like five to seven different meals and they rotate those meals through the week. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, how do we break that mold? How do we get 50 unique foods in seven days? 50 unique plant-based foods because those plants are what are creating the dynamic with the gut microbiome. Those microorganisms are chewing up those plants, creating these metabolites, changing the brain, changing the, the mind, changing the mood state, changing the immune system. So yeah, diversity is a huge principle in so many ways. <laughs> Great. Well, I'm, I'm impressed already, and I'm excited to diversify my, my diet as diverse. Oh, you do a good job already. No, <laughs> I know I do, but I, I tend to, like, do my onions, and I saute the celery, and the, you know, then I get the vegetables and the thing, or, or whatever grain I'm having, or if I'm, for years we didn't even have, we didn't even do the rice and the, the potatoes or anything, but now I'm realizing, yeah, it's good too. Mm. But, you know, I'm just you know, trying to find the right protein balance. And, you know, yeah. so it's, it's uh, years ago when I was having a, uh, some issues I mentioned to you before about nausea and uh, vertigo and stuff. And it was, I wasn't eating enough. I was just yeah. thinking, I was more on that fasting concept. So yeah. had having lived in Florida with the, you know, out in the land and in the orchards and stuff like that, it's like, there was this uh, idea at the time that was a new concept, and it was the cleansing fasting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think I maybe had too much of that, and I wasn't getting enough of the, of the... I didn't think maybe protein was that important. So anyway, it's just like, okay, I, you know, we've got to look at all the parts and aspects of our lives. So yeah, it's exciting. Well, and, and you keyed into something right there about balance. Um, you know, in traditional Chinese medicine, there's the yin, the nourishing, the building, the replenishing. Then there's the yang, the breakdown, more the fasting, more the um, lots of 
uh, I would say, a lot of activity and generating a lot of metabolic changes. And yeah, how those two things come together within us, how the elements play within us, the fire, the earth, the air, the water, and bringing all of those things in balance. And each of the nutrients have their kind of yin-yang and even their elemental properties. So yeah, you know, I think we learn through food. We learn through our bodies. It's a great messenger of wisdom. I mean, just even studying the body, studying food, you can just stay there and be set for your whole life in terms of what you gather. So it's been great to be here with you and Dean and uh, to have these conversations about food and it, you know, it's beautiful. And, and really, again, what I get from both of you is that essence of creativity, moving with nature, moving with the flow of life, uh, especially where you live, how you've lived your life, all of the music, the creative arts that you've embraced. And uh, I thank you for that. Well, I thank you for coming to visit us. Uh, it was a great opportunity to actually get to meet you in person. So thank you so much. And um, I also want to maybe add one more little thing because um, the, somebody brought it up in your workshop uh, yesterday about the, your system related to the chakras. Yes. <laughs> and of course, we, true. we teach the chakras and we've got the chakra yes. music. So it was... Uh, Obviously, I, we've known that, you know, it's it, you do the colors and, you know, exactly. it's just a way. I feel like the chakras are a way of um, coming to understand the psychology of the different aspects of our being. So um, it just is a, a tool that we can use. It's a tool. Yeah, I often call it an operating system mm -hmm. so that people can navigate their body and their psychology. It's like adrenals, red a certain vibration, a certain frequency, certain foods are needed, certain music is needed. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I, it's a brilliant, um, tried and true, timeless system of understanding ourselves. All right, well, I think <laughs> we're all ready for the, the timelessness of understanding ourselves and um, very much appreciate uh, having you come to visit us. Do you wanna share um, your website or how people can find out more about you? Sure, uh, my website is my name. DeannaMinnick.com, and so it's D-E-A-N-N-A-M-I-N-I-C-H, and there are, are a lot of, um, what I would say to go there for would be two things. One is I have a lot of information in the way of the blogs mm -hmm. that we write, and then I have a lot of downloads for free, so helping people to eat the rainbow, helping people to have different practical ways to bring more color, creativity, and variety into their lives, so that's what people find on the site. And what are some of the books, recent books you've written? Yes, so I have The Rainbow Diet, and I also have another book, Whole Detox. I have six books, but those are my most recent. So Whole Detox and The Rainbow Diet, which pretty obvious what The Rainbow Diet is about, all the rainbows uh, that we find in our, in our foods. Um, and not just the rainbow of colors of food, but also how those colors change our ability to live a colorful life. And then whole detox is a holistic system of taking those seven areas of our body and then reestablishing health and balance through them, through nutrition, through emotions, thoughts, physical activity, affirmations, uh, visualizations, and meditation. So right? Right in line with that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so because I realized that you can't just focus on nutrition. It's got to be a fuller context of many modalities. And so that's what Whole Detox does. It's a 21-day program to move people through the colors and move people through many modalities. Well, it sounds like um, your 
through your systems and processes and information, you're, we're learning how to feed uh, more than just the body, we're feeding the soul. Yeah, very much appreciate that's very well that. said. Yay. Thank you for saying well, that. Well, thank you, Deanna Minnick, and uh, we look forward to continuing this conversation as time goes on. I look forward to it. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks for listening to Soundings Mindful Media podcast and Soundings Mindful Media YouTube channel. We'll be mm-hmm. presenting in various places. Thank you for listening to our Soundings Mindful Media podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this program. To learn more about our music, guided meditations, books, and videos, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. Peace through music blessings.